Hi, and welcome to The Gene Space, where I talk about music, life in an autistic household, writing, rabbit holes, and other random stuff. I'm so glad you're listening today. So a couple of decades ago, I packed all my stuff in a car and drove from Chicago, Illinois to Somerville, Massachusetts to start my new life. It was a straight shot cross country on I-90 until I got off the Mass Pike in Newton, Massachusetts and started trying to follow Route 16 to my new apartment. Like a lot of Massachusetts roads, Route 16 is twisty and weird, especially um, for somebody who'd lived for years without having a car or doing much driving in a city that is set on a grid, as Chicago is. So I was pulled over to the side of the road, stress crying, when a police officer tapped on my window to see what was going on. That was very frightening, but also he got me oriented properly and I made it to my destination. I try to remember that positive experience on the relatively rare occasions when I get pulled over on the road while I'm driving. This has not happened often, but it has for a few times, including last week. Enjoy the show. I was a mile and a half from my house when the blue lights flashed in the rearview mirror. I pulled over, expecting the police car to keep on going to whatever problem had disrupted the evening. But instead, the lights came to a stop six feet behind me. I was whatever problem. My heart pounded as I waited for the officer to approach. I fumbled my driver's license out of my pocket and rolled down the driver's side window. As a gigging musician, and also because I live in the suburbs, I often drive at night. Frequently I'm traveling an unfamiliar route, and even with GPS, that adds some stress. Oncoming headlights and faint lines on the lanes bother me a lot more than they used to, and my 12-year-old Hyundai's developed various age-related ailments. Most recently, the parking brake has a tendency to bump up and down while it's disengaged, which activates a red light on the control panel, so I have to hold the brake down with my right hand sometimes. Therefore, my anxiety, which is already fairly high at baseline, rises when I'm driving at night. And when I'm extra anxious, I do stuff with my thoughts to settle down that whiny bastard. Often, this means counting things, miles, traffic lights, songs on the radio, and, this being New England, Dunkin' Donuts shops. The habit of compulsively counting things is apparently quite common in neurodivergent people like me. I started counting while driving a few years ago, when out of the blue I started having panic attacks while I was on the highway. I used numbers for comfort, promising myself that I'd only drive for five more minutes or for three more songs on the radio, and then if I still needed to, I'd get off at the closest exit and get home on quieter, slower streets. That got me through the panic attacks, and after a while they stopped altogether, but by then, counting while operating my vehicle was a habit. It was already a little annoying that this week's show was a 43-mile round trip. How I wished it was 42 miles, divisible into twos and threes and sevens and also significant for Douglas Adams' reasons. 
I was 20 miles into my return trip and at the part where I was watching the clock to see if I could shave my return trip time to 45 minutes instead of 50. But I didn't think I'd been speeding, at least not egregiously. What had I done? The cop had a mustache and friendly brown eyes and probably a gun on his hip. He assessed me, a middle-aged white woman with NPR playing softly on the car radio, her passenger seat containing two reusable grocery tote bags. And he smiled. You didn't come to a full stop back there, he said. Back there was a four-way stop with a red blinking light just down the street from the middle school. I didn't remember exactly what I'd done there. I'd braked and turned right, but I probably hadn't counted one, two, three, as you're supposed to. There were too many other figures in my head. I'm sorry, I said, and handed over my license. He went back to do whatever takes several minutes, and I sat, relatively relieved, and waited. The night before, I'd vaguely listened to an NPR program on mental health, and an expert on the program said that school avoidance is a big problem for teenagers these days. And then, as if this was a truth universally acknowledged, she said, and we know that avoidance actually increases anxiety. Now, that was news to me. When someone changes her behavior to avoid thinking about, feeling, or doing difficult things, it's called avoidance coping. It increases anxiety because the person never gets the knowledge and experience of doing the thing. That's the theory at any rate. And a goal of therapy for the anxious is to help them manage situations without resorting to avoidance behaviors. Psychologist Elizabeth Scott, PhD, writes that there are some kinds of avoidance coping that manage the response to the difficult thing enough so that it can be accomplished which is positive, but only to a limited extent because there's a risk that the coping mechanism itself can get out of control and create more stress. Research seems actually mixed about whether avoidance strategies are good or bad for anxiety disorders. Uh, The study Rethinking Avoidance by Stefan G. Hoffman and Alan C. Hay concludes that Avoidance behaviors can also serve as effective coping strategies to enhance the person's perception of control over the environment and the potential threat. So, I wondered, is my counting creating more stress? As I waited for the cop to get finished with the whatevers, I felt disappointed to have been soothing myself with such boring maneuvers. Surely, I could avoidance cope by thinking about something more interesting cop returned with my license and without a ticket he told me to have a good day and warned me to slow down another police car flashed its lights and drew near us everything all right here said the new officer yep we're all done replied my cop the three of us drove in different directions and i counted nothing all the way home Thanks so much for spending a bit of your day here. Since my traffic stop, I've been mostly successfully uh, avoiding watching the miles on the trip counter or the clock. And again, I've tried to think more interesting thoughts because, frankly, enough numbers have rolled through my skull in my lifetime. 
I remain a bit skeptical that what the psych people call exposure therapy is really good at diminishing anxiety, and I do recognize that uh, my counting is probably uh, an avoidance uh, strategy that has lived out its usefulness and is now hurting. You know, it would be great to diminish anxiety, but it's such a constant underlying element of my psychology and it works in conjunction with my imagination. I have no idea what that uber relaxed state would be like, or that uber competent state would be like. It might be wonderful. There's a link to my WordPress blog in the description box if you'd like to read the original or check out some of my other essays. I post one or two new ones per week. Um, Spotify and WordPress are both changing some things around as of tomorrow, uh, May 11th, and so these links may start to look a little bit different in the future. I have no idea, but next week we'll start Season 4 under the new system and see what happens. I very much hope that you'll stay tuned. Also, if you're inclined to support this show, that would be much appreciated. Every little bit helps. There's a donations button on my homepage. Until next time, be well.